Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, here we are once again on Ayers on the Road, Richard and Linda Ayer. So glad to be with you today. It is a beautiful summer day where we are. We're not sure where you, how it is where you are, but wow, summer has finally hit and it's just beautiful. And we are on the road in every way. The whole family's on the road. We're all congregating. This is the week, our reunion, our family reunion, our annual once a year family reunion begins this week. And boy, are we drawing them in from all over. There's Kids coming from Hawaii, there's kids coming from England, there's kids coming from Switzerland. We'll tell you a little more about them in just a few minutes. From New York City, from the Bay Area, Phoenix. From Phoenix. Uh, it's going to be great. What a gathering time. What would we even do without this reunion? I don't know. We're excited to see our kids because we really only get together with all of them once a year. They come and go and we see a lot of them, as you know, because we travel a lot and we see them. But um, we have one daughter that we've spoken about a bit before on a farm, a 400 acre ranch, I should say. Uh, Somebody else (laughs) belongs to it, but they've been taking care of it and they have been having the most crazy time in the world milking goats. They just bought some thoroughbred goats and they've all learned how to milk goats. And now they just turned it over to the owner who's never milked a cow a cow or a goat in his whole life. And he's now got to take care of the farm for the rest of the summer. So good luck to him. Well, they've been, the, the fun thing is the kids have learned how to ride the goats. That's the best part, don't you think, Linda? Yeah, that little Peter with the golden hair. A little five-year-old hair. riding on a goat. But that farm has kind of become the gathering place for our fan, the pre-gathering place, because all of our other kids wanted to see that farm, and most of them have been there and spent a little time. And um, we love the fact that our kids like to get together with each other, even when we're not around. In fact, they may appreciate, they may like that best. What do you think? I think they love it. And <laughs> this son that you're going to meet in just a minute, who lives in Switzerland with his wife and daughter, I think have had every one of his siblings. He'll correct me on that. Yeah, I think um, that's Visit right. Switzerland. It's absolutely amazing. They've all gotten over there to see, and all the kids. It's, we're nutty. I guess the thing we would say, though, is that the, our observation is that families who continually make an effort to get together, even when there are some problems and some concerns and some people don't see eye to eye, gradually end up working their way through those things. They really do. If you think about the families we've been exposed to, Linda, the, 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 the only families we feel really bad for and feel a lot of concern for, and there are a lot like this, where something has come up and they've just kind of given up. They've just sort of written each other off. They don't see each other anymore. They're out of touch. They might get together when there's a wedding or a baptism or a funeral or something. But other than that, they're pretty much estranged from each other. And I guess it's like so many things we've said on this show, and the families are all about never giving up, about always trying. And families who are doing that, eventually things get better and things get resolved. I, I guess the best way to say it is the only way to really fail in an extended family is to give up. Once you give up and once you say we're done, we're, we're not going to be in touch with that person any longer or you know, we're not ever going to be able to resolve that, then 
you have got a problem. But as long as you say we've got a lot of time, we'll work at it, we'll get together when we can, and things will turn out okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, we realize there are serious problems, too. We have some way extended family members right now who have a son in uh, uh, detox, and he's just gone in to try and see if he can get rid of his alcohol problem. I mean, there are those kinds of problems too, but the thing with that family is there's so much love. There's so much love. They just are inclusive always. Everyone's trying to help. They've gone through so many programs with him and um, nothing's worked until he's decided finally, I've had it, I, I really wanna do this. So boy, the support is just terrific. All right, anyway. well, let's, let's transition a little bit before, before Linda leaves. Linda's going to be taking off here in a minute and driving the supply car to Bear Lake. You're pretty brave, honey. <laughs> she's taking one 11-year-old grandson to help her out, and she's sort of the advance guard. She's going to get up there before the rest of us do, and then I'm going to stick around for a little while, and we've got, uh, we've got our, our Switzerland family here already. We've got our New York City family coming in. We've got our Orange County family coming in, and all of us are going to go up together later in the day. And then over the course of the weekend, everyone will gather. So it's getting pretty exciting. But before you run, Linda, let's talk a little about this idea of positive psychology. Um, we've got an expert here with us today that we're going to introduce in a minute, our son Talmadge. But let's talk about the concept just for a second of being positive with children. Don't you think one of the things that, that concerns us most as we're out talking to parents is how much negativity there is, how much, how many questions are, how do I discipline this child? How do I, how do I show my disapproval for this behavior? How do I get this child to stop behaving in a bad way? Almost as though the whole idea of parenting was catching kids doing something wrong and correcting them on it. Right. And, you know, we grew up in the era where suddenly somebody discovered the best way to deal with children is catch them doing something right, which I think is what positive psychology is all, all about. And we really only have about four more minutes in this section. So I'm going to introduce our son who um, went to UPenn and got an amazing, had an amazing experience studying positive psychology. And you might wonder what in the world that is, but He'll explain that, and then he'll be here for um, the last half of the show. Well, so. I think it's the only Ivy League school that has a program in positive psychology. Tal can tell us a little more about that, but let's bring him on. Um, our son, Howard Talmadgeier, who uh, I'll embarrass him a little here. One of the fun things to do is embarrass kids. And uh, Tal is our all-American basketball player from East High School who then went on to play at BYU and then went on his mission and then came home and played ball uh, a little bit at Salt Lake Community College and then finished his career at Weber State as the captain of a team that went undefeated through the entire conference season and went on to the big dance. I'm just going by memory now, Tal, but almost beat Wisconsin, who was, I think, the four seed or something. That's right, 412. But more important than that, Tal has just always been a great son, and now he's a great father and a great husband, and married a, met a gal in New York City while he was working there who, who is Swiss, 
and they had a wonderful wedding in New York that we'll never forget and now have relocated and are living near Zurich, Switzerland. So without any more hot air, Tal, welcome to the show, Ayers on the Road. Wow, thank you. It's so good to be here. I listened to this show and now it's so fun to be a part of it. So uh, I'm, I appreciate my parents asking me to be on. <laughs> well, tell us a little, Tal, about positive psychology. First of all, why did you... What, what went into your decision to pursue that particular graduate degree? I know you thought a little about a, an MBA and about other possible graduate school. How did you come upon positive psychology and what appealed to you about that? Yeah, thanks, Dad. You know, I got some really good advice when I was young, uh, when I was actually interning after, after university. They said, you should do what you think about doing when you don't have to think about anything at all. <laughs> and I started really paying attention to what I think about when I don't have to be thinking about anything. And it's psychology. I love thinking about how the brain works, what makes people thrive. How do, how do, we, how do we work through this life uh, in, in a psychological way? And so uh, I kept on writing all these things down and I pointed towards this this, this psychology, but then I wanted sort of the positive side of it. And now let me let me ask you about that because a lot of universities offer degrees in psychology, of course, and and you're right. I mean, I remember as a young boy, you were always interested in how how the brain works, how people function, how they function mentally, and so on. But but what what about this positive psychology? What, what, I mean, I, I had begun to think of psychology as the study of disorders, mental disorders, problems. Right, 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 right. And this is something very different. So what was really cool, what happened was um, around uh, 1998 to 2000, a uh, psychologist, a famous one named Martin Seligman, he was the president of the American Psychological Association. And he, uh, he'd done a lot of interesting studies on actually depression and on uh, learned helplessness. And um, he, he'd done some groundbreaking work there. But the way he kind of explains it is he kind of got tired of looking at the reactionary way of psychology. And he looked at it most 90-something percent of psychology was all focused on reactionary. How do you fix a problem that's already started? And he got the idea of what if there's a way to have learned optimism instead of uh. sort of learned helplessness. And so he, he started the, uh, the field of positive psychology with that in mind where you can actually learn how to thrive on this earth. What can you do to be preventative of things? How can you actually have more meaning, fulfillment? fulfillment uh, in your life and just be able to move forward in that It was way. Al almost like the study of replacing the study of unhappiness with the study of happiness. Yes, yeah, that's the proactive approach. And um, it was, was Marty Seligman already at UPenn? Is that, was that his base? Yeah, or? he's been there for quite a long time now. And, and so um, that was the natural place to begin. Or was it the first program in the, in the country to offer a, an actual graduate degree in, in what they call positive psychology? Yes, yes. Uh, he, he's, the, he's the founder, the founding father of this, of, this, uh, of this whole movement. And for me, it was great because he kind of laid it out in 2000 of 
you know, for him and for the movement of positive psychology, it really boils down to um, uh, a thing called PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. So positive emotions uh, and how, how do we sort of incorporate those into life uh, and understand those better. Engagement. So uh, how do you, um, how do you, uh, engagement is kind of a broad statement, but it, it really goes into what what are what are you what are your strengths and how do you how do you take care of those Interesting. And understand those then um, relationships and that's something that my parents have done such a great job of talking about for so long and all of these concepts really they really tie together in an interesting way with what what you guys have already done mom and dad and then uh, M is for meaning uh, finding meaning in life which is a great piece and uh, one of my favorite parts of that is learning your family narrative which I'd love to talk about later. Yeah we'll get into that after the break. And number five is accomplishments. A for accomplishments. PERMA. The PERMA acronym. That's great. So we're going to take a brief break Tal and when we come back what, what's really relevant to this show today is that Tal is now working on a book where he'll be applying the principles of positive psychology to the art or the skill or the science, whatever you want to call it, of parenting, which is what we talk about here on the show every week. So we'll take a brief break and we'll be right back on positive psychology and parenting. And we're back on Ours on the Road. We have a special guest today, our son Talmadge, who is just flown in late last night from Switzerland. He's probably a little jet lag, but he's he's pursuing this guest appearance on Ours on the Road. And we're talking about positive psychology and how it applies to parenting. And were you actually still in the graduate program, Tal, when it occurred to you that a lot of what you were learning and studying might have a powerful application within families? Definitely. You know, I was known as the guy who'd raised my hand you know, Martin Seligman was one of our professors. We had just this amazing lineup of professors and guest lecturers from all different uh, fields, from all different uh, walks of life, and it was it was fascinating. So I, I would always raise my hand and talk about how does this apply to family? How does it apply to parenting? Everybody knew I was writing my <laughs> capstone on parenting. So you can see that it sort of bled through from my parents and all that they've done with this and now, you were you got branded as the family guy right yes and yes the, and the capstone or the thesis you knew right from day one almost that you were going to try that's to right work. it was already in my mind i want that what i need what i wanted to do and so it was it was flowing from there and just on that topic real quick i don't know if during the introduction we got to uh, i got to introduce my wife I just want to jump jump in and say that real quick. My wife, um, Anita, is Swiss, a native Swiss, and that's how we actually are living in Switzerland, if, uh, if that makes sense to everybody. We um, we got we met each other in New York City. Uh, we lived, uh, we dated for about two years uh, and, and married, and, now, and then we actually lived in New York City for another five years. And so... We uh, we decided after that to move to Switzerland. We have a five-year-old daughter, 
And all of this stuff is primarily most important to me because of my family um, and especially my parenting with our daughter. So, Well, that's great. Now, little Anina, our favorite little five-year-old who is the most completely bilingual child I've ever seen. Talmadge only speaks, you only speak to her in English, and Anita only speaks to her in, in German and Swiss, Swiss German. German yeah. And so this little gal can switch seamlessly from one language to another. And of course, that's pretty natural in your family, Tal, since, since your wife Anita speaks uh, seven languages. Well, maybe a little exaggeration, <laughs> but yeah, it, she, she's Six quite a polyglot. Yes, yes. You've heard the joke, Tal, that a person who speaks three languages is trilingual and one that speaks two languages is bilingual and one that speaks <laughs> one language is an American. <laughs> <laughs> you're picking them up. You're you're up. You're on your third language now, so maybe you'll catch up to Anita at some That's right. point. <laughs> That's right. I'm working hard on my high German right now. So. And and just a slight diversion. We'll get back to positive psychology. But what about parenting in Switzerland? What what's unique about how the, how the Swiss parent their children? Oh, I've, great. Yeah, I've observed sure. a few things. Yeah, I was just reading a book a couple of weeks ago about uh, about this, and they they compared the Swiss way of parenting to the way that people should parent. And in in that, there's a lot of giving um, independence to children early. For example, all of the kids walk to school um, on their own, on right? their own, yeah, even from kindergarten. Yeah, and then. You know, the playgrounds are very interesting for me to see. There's uh, there's usually a big zip line on each playground where the kids go quite fast down this Dangerous. zip line. Um, they, they're encouraged to sort of play with toys that are not even close to allowed on playgrounds or um, in kids' hands in America in a lot of ways. And so it's really... Um, forward thinking in that way is it permissive or is it just sort of is it just sort of the the idea the goal of it is helping kids be independent i guess that's yeah. it yeah exactly sort of giving them the independence to figure things out on maybe the own. opposite of, of a helicopter parent the opposite of of uh you know, coddling and watching out and sort of over parenting in fact you you mentioned you're reading a book called how to raise an adult. Yes, yes, <laughs> and a very interesting book. If you're, um, it's more for kind of talking about preparing your child for life and for college, but it's, it's a, there's some very interesting concepts there about giving independence to your children as early as you can and working yourself out of a job of parenting so that your kids are capable, independent adults. That's awesome. Now, I wish we're going to run out of time. We don't hurry, Tal. But give us some of the. You're working on a book on applying. I guess the title will probably be the last thing, but the concept is how to apply this new science of positive psychology to the parenting of children. So, what are some of the main concepts that that you think spill over and actually work for parents? Well, the what I'm going to do with what I've been working on, and it's it's daunting to write a book. You know, it's uh, I really applaud you and you and mom <laughs> for getting as many books out as you have. The it's, first one's the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's one thing to sort of read books; it's a whole other thing to really author a book. And uh, what I've what I've decided to do is just use the basic outline that Seligman put out this perma and apply each concept to uh, parenting. So mm -hmm. 
for example, in the, the part that I wanted to talk with you about anyway, is this meaning section um, and, and the power of family story or family narrative. Mm, mm. I think the LDS community is so good at this. I think we're really um, ahead of the curve when it comes to this. But there's a lot of really great research that says that parents that talk to their children about their narrative, about the, the ups and downs of their life and how they kind of got through them, um, is very, very helpful for the child to understand that their, their parents' life wasn't perfect and they can also make mistakes and learn through them and move forward. So it builds resilience in the Resilience, children. that's yes. great. I love the idea of using that outline and applying it to, to parenting. Let's just run through it quickly and get, get listeners, get our, our radio listeners thinking about this. So, so PERMA, positive emotion, Yes, obviously that has a, a tremendous role to play in uh, in parenting because, as we mentioned in the introduction, so many parents think of parenting as finding the negatives and punishing them or discipline. But positive emotion would suggest looking for the good times. Yes, exactly. So there's some great research out there by some of the uh, the leaders in the field about feeling positive emotions and sort of harnessing that and the biggest of them being love and really understanding love and, and uh, recognizing and using the power of love. Okay. So positive emotion, P E R is what again? So, so positive emotions is actually the P and then, oh, then. E is engagement. Oh, engagement. 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 Engagement is such an interesting concept for me because it's, um, it's really about finding your child's strengths. So have you ever seen your child just getting so into something that they lose track of time? They're just building something or they're writing something or they're drawing oh, yeah, something. That's awesome. And it's about, it's about finding their strengths and helping them get into what they call the flow, which is this really cool concept of when you, when you just are just barely below your achievement level but you're, you're working towards this ability that you're, and you just lose track of time. You just love what you're involved in. And so part of that is the parent being sensitive, you know, observant enough to see where that flow occurs and where that engagement comes, because it's the opposite of a parent who's like, well, my son's going to be a doctor. My son's going to be a lawyer. In other words, trying to yes. portray yeah. your interests onto the child instead of seeking what the child's passions are. Exactly. Exactly. So as, as they're, as the parents are trying to figure this out, you and mom did such a good job of this. You noticed what I liked. Even at the beginning of this interview, you saw that I, I enjoyed psychology from a young age. And if parents can really look at their children um, as, you know, in this last book I just read, she says, look at them as wild flowers. You don't know what the flower is going to actually turn into, but you're supporting it and you're giving the um, nourishment and, and the support to help them figure it out. The whole struggle of getting to know who this child really is. Right. And not necessarily thinking he's just like his brother or just like his sister. Every child being unique. Okay, so P-E-R. What's R? R is relationship. Rela having that powerful relationship in families. Boy, that you can go on and on with that one. Yes, this is, there's just so much to be written on this, but just one example is, this concept of responding to your children 
when they when they come yeah. to you with something that they've done i know sometimes it's very difficult i've got a 5 year old she she gets excited about a lot of things but if you can show it maybe at certain times that you're really responding to their excited bid of your affection by showing you something there's a connection there that really can can strengthen your relationship with your responding child. instead of initiating i mean all parents who always want to be in control and be in charge instead respond to the child that's right. really good right and then m you've talked about meaning and then a yes so a is accomplishment accomplishments what how does that apply so for me i'm going to look at praise in parenting which i think is such an interesting concept as well and there's a lot of great research out about praise good ways of praising your children and not so good ways of praising your children and um one of the things that we've learned is that if you praise the process that a child is going through so uh instead of saying if a child comes home and says you i got an a on this test you you would say something like uh instead of saying great job and just be done with it at that you could say you must have really worked hard during to to get that grade so you're praising the process the work that ah, they did interesting instead of the the uh, final result and it's like you, if you, if your kid plays baseball and he strikes out five times in the game instead of uh the dishonest flattery type of praise great game son yes instead maybe you, i could see you really tried hard yes and, and you and your your swing is getting better but never dishonesty in praise that's exactly right and there's another good example of uh, another book i read where a kid came home and played terribly in a soccer game and instead of the parents uh, saying oh you did fine you did great the 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 parents in this in this uh book and it was a book about parenting in Denmark actually which i oh. also recommend the danish way of parenting is oh. the book name and it's uh it says actually to say you know what yeah you really didn't play that well today um but you also didn't break your leg <laughs> <laughs> it could have been worse could have been worse right and uh and it sort of in a funny way just uh shrug it off and show that you've got you've got another chance to play and you know not every game you're going to play perfectly show a little humor yes. i think kids kids basically respond better to humor than the dishonest flattery yes yes and, the, the and last, maybe they can take it a little more lightly excuse me go ahead last <laughs> last point well the last point with this uh with this praise is another another interesting study showed that It is good to praise the process in in a lot of things but when it comes to character traits it's actually good to praise the actual traits. So uh if you say you are really a helper, you're really being a helper, so you actually are praising the actual trait, the character trait. It because it entails so much within that that the child feels like they can apply that in other areas as well. I'm a helper. I can be a helper in a lot There of things. There you go. Tell we could go on all day. We've got we got to have you back. I'm sure we'll get listeners requests and I'm sure there's people out there that are going to wait for your book to come out, but we've run out of time on Ours on the Road. Thanks for joining us. Everybody have a great week this summertime and we'll see you next time on Ours on the Road.